You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome to a fun-sized Friday fun show edition of Crunch Time here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We're here live in Acadiana, and you can watch us on the simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiverr. We're also here in the FCO Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. Evco Development is a civil construction company that specializes in multifamily construction. Now, Matt Miguez usually takes off, takes over and starts the show, but he's in Baton Rouge handling the softball regional as the Cajuns are playing right now against Omaha. So while he's handling business over there, I'm going to handle business over here. That's right. James Mesh taking over for about 30 minutes or so since, you know, LSU baseball is going to be taking over at 430 with pregame. You're going to hear it here on the game as Bill Franquez and Chris Blair are going to be talking about the game itself. Now, with the Baton Rouge Softball Regional and Matt being over there, it's also fitting that it's our poll question of the day. And you can vote all on Twitter and Facebook and also give your comments as well. Who will win the Baton Rouge Softball Regional? Do you think it's going to be those Louisiana Raging Cajuns? Do you think it's going to be the LSU Tigers? Do you think it's going to be Omaha? Or maybe could it be Prairie View? Right now, a vast majority of you are saying it's going to be the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. 63% of the votes are going going there. 34.5% is going towards those LSU Tigers, while 2% is going to Prairie View. And then Omaha hasn't gotten a vote yet. Kind of looking at the game right now, Louisiana is up at the top of the sixth with two outs. They're up 5-0 to zero currently pitching or at bottom of the six currently the Cajuns are batting so it's looking pretty well over there for LSU and their game against Preview. they're going to start at five o'clock now taking a look at the PGA championship right now quite a few people are up there it's kind of a tight race right now Corey Connors is six under par through 12 holes today he's got three under on the day Scotty Scheffler and Victor Hovland are tied for second at four under. Then Keegan Bradley, he's a three under at fourth place. Looking at John Rom, though, I know a lot of people, big John Rom fans. He's been absolutely killing it. But for right now with the PJ Championship, he's not doing too, too hot. He's getting really close to the cut. The cut's going to be projected about five over. Currently, he is 5-over, so it hasn't been the best for him so far. He's through 10 holes today. He's 1-under, but yesterday he didn't do too hot. As he went 6-over par. It was, it was pretty tough to look at. Now, with the Houston Astros, we've been missing him all season. He broke his thumb, has missed the season so far, but... After rehabbing and making quite a bit of progress, Mighty Mouse, the King of Houston, Mini-Me, whatever you want to call him, Jose Haldtuve 
is making his season debut tonight in Minute Maid Park. It's beautiful to think about since he hasn't played yet. And it's going to be against the Oakland Athletics who have been struggling. Not a surprise. Not the best overall team as they're 10-35 and 35 on the season. While the Houston Astros, they're on a four-game win streak. And they're 24-19. and 19, And with that record, they're in second place in the AL West. Texas Rangers are 24-17, and 17, so they're slightly ahead. But man, the Oakland Athletics really struggling. Going back to the softball regional, UL, two, two runners right now, two outs. It's a 1-0 count right now for Stormy Kotzelnik. Still 5-0, so it's looking good for the Cajuns. I expect them to win. I can't see Omaha all of a sudden putting up at least six runs at the top of the seventh. I Absolutely no way. Then that's the reason why we don't see any votes for Omaha. Now, kind of talking about the Preakness. It's the second round of horse racing. Mage, the winner of the Kentucky Derby, not too long ago, it had won. But then you look at the odds. It was weird. Before today, there was eight horses in the race. And not too many people have been voting on it. Nobody, nobody's really been putting bets on who they think is going to win. Well, at this point, with so little horses, and now, coming into today, we lost first mission. First mission's now a scratch. So we're down to seven horses, and Mage is still one of them. Mage, of course, with winning the Kentucky Derby, is going to be the favorite. And Mage has eight to five odds, so it's pretty good. Now, talking about Mage and the horses from the previous race, it didn't sound like there was a whole bunch of heavy hitters, I guess you could say. Got horses that are absolutely for sure you feel very confident in. And with that being the case, it makes me not necessarily want to vote for Mage if didn't have a lot of confidence in who was going to win the race in the first round. With the other six horses, though, you got National Treasure. I love that name. They're four to one odds. Then you got Blazing Sevens, which kind of works since there's seven horses in the Preakness Racing. Blazing Sevens is at six to one odds. Red Route One is at ten to one odds, while you have Perform at fifteen to one. Coffee with Chris. Now, that's a hell of a name. Coffee with Chris might be one of my favorites because where do you come up with these names when it comes to the horses? Coffee with Chris is at 20 to 1 odds, while Chase with Chaos. Oh, man. If you want to try and make some money, throw a dollar on this one. 50 to 1 odds for Chase with Chaos. Now, if you had to ask me which one I would go for, not going to pick Mage. First mission is a scratch. Blazing Sevens is intriguing since, you know, seven horses in the race. Blazing Sevens. The only thing that would have made it perfect, it's already the program number for Blazing Sevens is seven. So you're like three sevens right there. It would have been even better if it was seven to one odds. I would have just said right then and there, just give me Blazing Sevens. I'll put five on it. But I'll put five on National Trevor Treasure at four to one odds. I feel like that, that one's a pretty good one. And then taking a look 
at the NBA playoffs, man. Game two last night between the Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron James, Anthony Davis versus Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. Absolute superstars on the court. Los Angeles was winning a vast majority of the game. They had the lead through almost the entirety. The issue was they never took a commanding lead. They would be up six. They'd be up eight at half to, I mean, at the end of the first quarter, it was tied, and then at halftime, Lakers were up five. Jamal Murray was kind of struggling. He did pretty solid in the first half. Third quarter wasn't his best. He only was he only had 14 points through three quarters. But in that fourth quarter, let me tell you, Jamal Murray put on an absolute clinic. My boy couldn't miss. He was shooting absolute lights out from three. Knocking down shot after shot after shot after shot. And then the Nuggets ended up winning. 108-103 to in big part by Jamal Murray. He had 14 through the first three quarters. He went on fire in the fourth quarter, putting up 23. In that quarter alone, he ended up with 37. It was absolutely beautiful. Now, even though it wasn't the most efficient night for Nikola Jokic, my man still put up the stats. He didn't have to put up 53 points like we had seen in the Sun series where he had to absolutely take over. He had plenty of contribution from guys like Michael Porter Jr., from Aaron Gordon, from Bruce Braun. You saw a little bit from Jeff Green. Even got Contavious Caldwell Pope dishing in eight himself. But Nikola Jokic, even though he put up 23, it was a modest 23 for his standards. He was still handling the boards. Absolutely handled it against a monster in Anthony Davis. He ended up with a 23.17 rebound, 12 assist triple-double. I mean, anytime I watched the Denver Nuggets and I watched Nikola Jokic, I always try to look at every single passing lane that's available because you think, oh, he might pass it over here because there's a guy in the corner, or he may pass it to the wing. But no, he gets into floater territory and think maybe he's doing a floater. No, he actually dishes it to Aaron Gordon, who's right there in the paint, and Aaron Gordon slams it home and easy two points. Like It's amazing what Nikola Jokic can do. Now, with LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron, he's this generation's goat, I guess you could say. Some people say he's the greatest of all time. Not necessarily here for that debate, but he looked just a little bit off. I mean, when was the last time we had seen LeBron on an easy fast break go for a dunk, but he lost it in midair? It's crazy how so much attention is on LeBron, and it's well-deserved. But it's crazy how I will get notifications, it feels like, when LeBron's getting a coffee from Starbucks. That's how often I get notifications from ESPN, from Bleacher Report, 
about just the little things. Like, I got a Bleacher Report notification being like, LeBron lost the ball on a wide-open dunk. It was like, I mean, we see it from people all the time, but you never expect that. We hadn't seen it in what feels like years. Years from LeBron James. And then at times, missed a couple layups. He also just went, he wasn't shooting well from behind the arc that last night. Like, he was he was taking his shots. He was trying to get into a rhythm, try to at least see one go in. But none of them went in. That was the struggle with not just LeBron, but with the whole Lakers team last night. I mean, Austin Reeves, he did his thing. He made over half of his three-point attempts and had over half of the team's three-point makes. He had five, but the rest of the team only made eight. They shot a uh, 27% from behind the arc. And even though the Lakers, you felt like they were doing really well. These two games that they've had, you felt like they were very winnable games. They were leading throughout. They kept themselves close throughout. They made a comeback throughout in game one. But Denver and Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray were the absolute difference makers. And they now have the 2-0 lead. And then looking at tonight's matchup, the Boston Celtics versus the Miami Heat. This whole series is going to be is going to be really difficult to predict because even though you can see one game where the Boston Celtics they play well through three quarters, but then there's that one quarter where they become real lackadaisical, they lose focus, which is crazy to me since this is the NBA playoffs. Like if you lose what feels like two games in a row, that's pretty much it for the series and you could kiss your season goodbye. But after they lose a game, they always seem to get right back into focus and seem to handle business when they really need to. And they lost in game one to Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler put up a spectacular 35 points. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, they're going to need to have a big night. I need to see Robert Williams handle the boards and not necessarily, sh- you don't have to shut down Bam Adebayo but I need you to keep him at an ease. You need to make sure you're not getting into foul trouble because Jimmy Butler loves to draw those fouls. He loves to get to the free throw line and get to the paint and get as easy of a basket as he can. You have to try and slow that down as much as possible. Now, it's kind of off and on with the shooters for the Miami Heat. Sometimes they're on and you could, you'll could you just see Kayla Martin or Gabe Vincent or even Kevin Love. Kevin Love it. At his age, still knocking down threes like it's nothing. And even throwing full court passes like he's Patrick Mahomes. They'll be on fire some nights, and then there'll be others where you'll see them kind of have a Los Angeles Lakers type of three-point shooting type of night where they'll go six for 28. It'll be interesting to see. I ultimately think the Boston Celtics, there's no way they lose two home games in a row back-to-back and go 0-2 headed to Miami At that point, you can almost kiss that series goodbye. Boston Celtics need to win tonight to keep themselves in pace because if they get down really early, we'd seen it with the Milwaukee Bucks. We saw it with the New York Knicks. If you get down two games and then you got to head to Miami, if you're the Boston Celtics, it's over. It's over. We're going to go ahead and take a timeout, and when we come back, We're going to update you on the Cajuns 
softball matchup against Omaha, talk about the LSU baseball game last night, and much more. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Crunch time on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The defending World Series champs are starting to warm up, and you can see them live in person. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you and three others up with an Astros weekend getaway. Houston's going to take on the Cincinnati Reds on Saturday, June 17th. That's in less than a month. And you can be there. Register in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com to score four tickets. It could be you, your wife, and your kids, or you and three buddies. Y'all can get a tour of Minute Maid Park. You're going to get hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros Weekend Getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Liberty in Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Crunch Time. Wrapping up as we got about seven minutes left before we turn it over to LSU baseball. Before we get into anything else, I do want to say thoughts and prayers. Rest in peace to Brown's Hall of Fame running back, Jim Brown. Passed away Thursday night. The news was announced by his wife, Monique Brown, on Instagram. He was 87. Absolute legend on and off the field. He will be missed. It is gone final. The Louisiana Raging Cajuns softball team, they took down Omaha 5-0 to zero as they'll move on. We're going to see what happens at 5 o'clock with LSU in Prairie View A&M. But Cajuns are going to take on the winner of that game. The Cajuns in this game, they did pretty well. They got a total of nine hits. Modestly had six left on base. But still, it was a pretty dominant win overall. All. You had Sam Landry. She only pitched a four to third inning. But her, mixed with Megan Schwarman, mixed with Kendra Lamb, in those seven innings, they absolutely took care of business. 12 total strikeouts. They allowed four hits, but again, they didn't allow a single run. It was beautiful. Sophie Piscos, she went two for three from the plate. Scored a run, had an RBI. Stormy Kotzelnik, she went two for four. Similar stats. She had two RBIs with a run scored. But let me tell you about Carly Heath. Absolutely smacked one over the fence earlier in the game. It was absolutely phenomenal. Cajuns moving on. Looking at Cajuns baseball, though. They got skunked last night to Southern Miss in Game One in their final weekend series in Hattiesburg. It was pretty. It was scoreless. Every inning, there was no runs. If you're a big fan of defense and you like low-scoring games, this one was for you because outside of the fifth inning, there was no runs scored by either team. Southern Miss scored all four of their runs 
in the fifth. And it came off of one swing. It was a grand slam over the right field wall. It was tough because Cajuns, they only, they were allowing eight hits, which feels pretty solid. But that one swing was the difference maker. The big difference, though, the Cajuns' explosive offense. They're really big at stealing bases, creating more opportunities for runs. They didn't have a lot of opportunities because they barely got on base. They only had three hits all game. Now, I don't necessarily see that happening again because I think this offense is too good. But you got to win tonight. I think this one is going to be a. There's going to be a lot more score runs scored in this one. I think it could end up being a 10-7 ball game in favor of the Cajuns to tie the series, headed into Saturday's game three, make it a rubber match. But then looking at LSU baseball, who got to 12 innings, but they were able to get it done, taking down the Georgia Bulldogs, eight to five. LSU never was down in the game. They were able to put up two runs off of a Brayden Jobert two-run homer. That was an absolute blast. That thing was a nuke. Got sent to the stratosphere in the second inning. But then Georgia, at the bottom of the fifth, they responded with two runs of their own. But then at that point, you got to the top of the eighth, and that's, that's where you started to see the runs getting scored. LSU scored two more runs as Hayden Trubisky and Jordan Thompson. They each hit solo shots over the left and right field walls, respectfully. But then at the bottom of the eighth, Georgia scored, made it a one-run ball game. LSU would put up one more run in the ninth off of Dylan Cruz. Man, hang out a lot of too many Cruz missiles. Put it back to a two-run difference. But then the Tigers and Thatcher Hurd gave up two runs in the ninth. Solo shots by the Bulldogs to tie it, send it to extra innings. And you would have thought, Jay Johnson's going to cut Thatcher Hurd, going to go back to the bullpen. No, 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 no. He saved it. He believed in Thatcher Hurd, and he came through scoreless the rest of the way. Josh Pearson, two-run homer. And then Jordan Thompson came in with his second to seal it, to secure it. 8-5, LSU wins. It's going to be another one, tough one tonight against the Georgia Bulldogs as they're about to take over in about a minute. I believe LSU, I think they win one more. I think they end up taking two out of three. I think this Georgia Bulldogs team... They had a lot of fight last night. I can't see it being a sweep. But I do see LSU winning the series and ended on a high note headed into the playoffs and headed into the SEC tournament. But that's going to be it from me, James Mesh, taking over for this abbreviated 30-minute fun size Friday fun show edition of Crunch Time. Appreciate you listening in. We're going to go ahead and turn it over to Bill Franquez. And Chris Blair, the voices of the LSU baseball team. You've been listening to the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. 
your home for the LSU Tigers and World Series champion Houston Astros, Jose Altuve. He's making his return tonight. You got to get excited. They're going to be on News Talk 98.5 at 710. Appreciate you listening in.